In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option. Coming to you as always, courtesy of Immaculata Productions. If you like our work, make a comment, subscribe, send us a few quid via Patreon or PayPal. Always good to hear from you. Even better to see you coming with something in your hand. But enough of these worldly thoughts. Thought we'd, uh, I thought we'd go back again to this issue of, of, of the Novus Ordo. Uh, I know, you know, some of the more traditional of the brethren uh, might look askance at it, you know, feel, feel it's very much the poor relation. I feel it's very much the abused relation. I feel that the Novus Ordo has a tremendous amount to offer if it's said reverently and beautifully. I thought today I might take a look very briefly at this business of reading the word. I think that needs a way more looking at. Understandably, people will say if they want to criticise the Novus Order, they'll say, well, you know, priests are often sloppy. They put their own words in in the place of the canon. We'll talk about all that down the line. But I thought maybe today just about reading the word. I think, and I'm including myself in this, because even as I talk, I'm getting a bad conscience. I think we need to be putting a way more work into that. I think the reading of the word needs to become, I was going to say more professional, actually more amateur in that the real amateur strives for excellence. The word comes from love. Amo, amas, amat. The Latin word I love, through French. The real amateur does something for love of it, just for the love of the thing. He or she is not a professional. I think we need to get more amateur on it. I think readers need to be less polite and more in love with the word, with its dark, sinewy power. Chesterton talked about the, the, the strange, dark meat of reality. The word, something alive and active that cuts more finely than any double-edged sword. I think we don't have enough of a sense of the nitroglycerine-carrying aspect of reading the word. You know nitroglycerine is liable to explode if it's dropped or on any impact. I don't think we have enough of the lime-tamer sense of getting into a cage with something that might eat us when we read the word. I'm sometimes mortified when I read the gospel because I feel it cuts right to the bone on me. You know when you're preparing readers to read? Yeah? Do you know the greatest difficulty you have? And it's often the way with public speaking as well. Is trying to get somebody to come the full circle where they actually practice reading 
in order to recover their normal voice. The trouble is people get up there and they lose their normality. They become stilted. They start to overpronounce words. They start to employ diction like a man cutting turf. Chopping the ends of the words and being far too polite. If they spoke the way they do in the pub with a fag hanging out of their mouth, well, this is pre-2004, they'd be electrifying. Instead of that, they go up and they read some blood-curdling piece from the Old Testament as if it were twinkle, twinkle, little star. Except perhaps not quite so interesting. No, no, I, I tell you something. I, I think we need to get more theatrical. I think we're talking amateur theatricals here. We need to get more theatrical on the reading of the word. Now, the school I went to as a student and later worked in as chaplain and, and as principal, um, St. Charles College, every Christmas has a musical. And rather grandly, Jarlis calls its musical the opera. Now, it's not an opera in the strict sense, although I suppose they sometimes do Gilbert and Sullivan and that's comic opera. Maybe we need to have more that sort of uh, approach to reading the word, you know? Now, you can, you can say to me, oh, you're encouraging falseness. No, I, I totally accept, and I'll discuss it another time, the need to prepare to read the word, the need to absorb the, the sense of the word, to be corrected by the word. The, I, I've already made clear that even holding the word in your hands, so to speak, is dangerous. But what I'm suggesting is that you should do it or leave it. And that if you're not going to completely enter into it, it's best to leave it. And to really read it well, you need to read it as yourself. The way you would normally tell a story. As with all great public speaking. Now, some people will suspect that. They'll say, oh, that's encouraging, you know, somebody to make airs or graces. And, and oh, God forbid we should let some poor devil actually have a few notions about himself. Oh, and it's encouraging theatricality and falseness. No, 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 the real theatricality. I mean, if you were to follow, let's say, Stanislavski and method acting, uh, or, or um, his approach, the Stanislavski approach, I think method acting might be slightly different. You enter completely into the sense of the word. You become a lens. You become, through which the, the scenes are seen. You become, a, a, almost yourself, you become... A microphone through which the word speaks. You completely, like a lump of sugar in tea, you just melt into it and influence it in that way invisibly to the naked eye. I think we need to be approaching this in a far more untidy, disorganised and creative way. I think we need to be throwing ourselves at this. I think maybe every parish should have a room that looks like a tip in which readers practice by screaming at into, into the mic, whispering into the mic, by making faces at the mic. But they should loosen out and let the word speak through them. I, you see, 
The theatre and the sacred are not unrelated in antiquity. Just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. And I don't know if they've ever been entirely unrelated. It's not because the sacred is false. It's not because the theatre is profane entirely in some sense. The sacred always, to some extent, partakes of the theatre, and the theatre always, to some extent, has some flavour of the sacred, of the ritual. Consider what I'm saying. If you're a reader in church, and the readers are starting to make their appearance again in the church, if you're a reader in church, consider maybe doing that and nothing else for the parish. If you could do that really well, that would be enough. I think that would be enough. That would be a tremendous uh, participation in the sacred liturgy. And I would take a theatre workshop approach to it. I really would. Let the word speak through you. With your accent, oh, you just need to be understood. You don't need to have diction uh, of the 1956 BBC sort of approach, okay? With everything cut by a knife, you know, which is so beloved of comedians ever since. I would encourage you to go at this challenge, the challenge of reading the Word of God, to go at it in a savage and abandoned manner with the, the eyes standing in your head and the hairs standing on your head. I would ask you to put aside politeness and to put aside all the conventions of our culture and enter into the thousands-year-old text. Now, the text itself, the text from which you're reading, yes, yeah, it'll be a few thousand years old anyway. Okay, okay, anyway. There's a debate as to how exactly old some of the texts are. You understand all of it. No, no, no. I think it's time to tread the boards. The theatre. Yeah. I think we'll have a cracker. Let's read that word. Hmm? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.